Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lacanfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick 6 Podcast, Nick Costos, Will Brinson, Jason Lucky, and for Pete Frisco to join shortly. Our Week 10 picks against the spread coming up. We are taping this on Thursday afternoon around 4.15 p.m. on the East Coast. And the news has just come down. Ezekiel Elliott looks like he will serve that six-game suspension starting this Sunday when the Cowboys in Atlanta to take on the Falcons. JLC, the NFL insider for CBS Sports. Jason, take it away here, the latest on Zeke Elliott and how you see the situation playing out. Well, I mean, look, if he wants to take this to the Supreme Court, I guess he could. Um, there's generally always at least one other appeal you can reach for. Um, and, and they've intimated that they would exhaust all options. But, I mean, come on, what percentage of Supreme Court cases even get taken up? I, I sincerely doubt, I'm no legal expert, but I sincerely doubt that the Supreme Court would jump in uh, and give him an emergency stay while they consider whether to hear it or not. Um, and, you know, really, I, I would think this is a, a, a fairly fatal, significant blow uh, to Ezekiel Elliott's case. He needed this this uh, three-judge panel to rule in his favor, to keep this going, to keep his case going, and, and, and to, um, you know, keep that restraining order in place. And this happened pretty quickly. You know, people were wondering would they make the decision by game time. I mean, they didn't. They made the decision before dinner time on <laughs> uh, on Thursday. You know, so you know, don't 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 hear this case eventually. But the court works at their own sort of leisure, and that could be a week from now, two weeks now, or seven weeks from now. And that's what he's going to be up against at this point. I know he wants it to be heard on an expedited basis, but it doesn't necessarily mean he jumps right to the head of the class. Yeah, and Jason, I think when you look at this, you're right. They rule so like I was I was sitting down, the news comes out that the hearing is over. It lasted about 30 minutes. That in itself was a sign that they didn't need a whole lot one way or the other. And then to have a ruling come down in under an hour from when he really really under an hour from when he walked in and started the hearing, that is them saying and they asked, they asked Elliot in the thing, they were like, you know, they talked about irreparable harm. They talked about, um, you know, the NFL's, uh, you know, uh, confusion about the, the case that they reviewed and all of that. But they basically said, look, you probably got a case if you hadn't signed this CBA. And I mean, that's what it right. ultimately boils down, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, look, we got back to the Brady court and we got, in essence, the Brady decision. This happened yeah. in season versus. Brady took place over, you know, six to nine months, mostly in the off season. This, you know, the, the, they, when did they hand the suspension down? August, you know, it, it, right before the season. So it was always going to play out in season. And, and maybe ultimately he gets some relief, but the problem for him is going to be getting a case heard and decided, you know what I mean? Before the suspension runs out. I, I, I again, I'm not a legal expert. I don't pretend to be one, but um, that may be that may prove to be a little bit ambitious, but but I, I mean it was originally you know both sides were slated to have 15 minutes to make their arguments. Um, they did, and then you know in, in almost that amount of time, we got a ruling. Uh, uh, again, this is I can't fathom anything that happens that 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 prevents him from being spent, suspended at least this week, no, and then no. we wait to see you know what I mean, and then we wait to see where it goes from there. The only the only two things that could happen to allow him to play, like, the, and I'll I'll say there's a point zero zero five percent chance that he could play this weekend against the Falcons. The only two things that could that could happen is he could file for an in bank hearing before the full panel of Second Circuit judges, and they could grant him a temporary stay to play this on stuff Sunday is against so the Falcons. This stuff is hold so on. stupid, like it's unbelievable. But, 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 but hold on, but also he could file to the Supreme Court and ask them for a temporary stay. Look, the Supreme Court. There is a very good reason why Tom Brady took it in the took it on the chin and served his suspension and did not go to the Supreme Court. It's because the Supreme Court finds it offensive to bring. The, I mean, not not like it matters if you offend the Supreme Court; it's your right as a citizen. But the Supreme Court is going to laugh you down the hill if you try and bring this case up there because they're going to say, "Look, 
We get that you think you're wrong. We get that you have a, a right as a citizen, but you signed the CBA. You're playing under the CBA, and in this CBA, it says Roger Goodell can do whatever the bleep he wants, and Roger Goodell did whatever the bleep he wants, and now Elliot – as we expected, at some point was going to serve the suspension. We knew he would serve it. I actually thought up until today that the court might say, hey, look, you know, this is – we tend to side in the NFL's favor, but we, we don't want Zeke to miss games and suffer irreparably. Therefore, we'll, we'll punt it to the end of the season. They're not doing that, and, and in essence, his, his time has run out. I mean, he's going to get this expedited appeal, but Jason is right. It is not something that's going to happen tomorrow absolutely not tomorrow it's probably not something that's going to happen next week and more in all likelihood it's something that could happen in the month of december and even then you're still going to need time to make a ruling and given how quickly this happened today the ruling is not going to be favorable i I, to me zeke elliott is is done until december 24th when the when the cowboys play the seahawks for those of you keeping my understanding of the on bonk process would mean like basically everybody and all the judges in that district right would would yes would make their would sort of make a collective determination on the case and i i read somewhere or somebody told me that only like one percent of all those requests are granted anyway oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. but here's the thing so like you have three judges from the second circuit right who heard this case today heard the hearing today so it's those three judges plus some other judges who feel the same way as those judges. Right. Yeah, they're not – they never – they rarely – the in-bonk hearing, in-bonk hearing, which in-bonk just means full panel. Isn't that what uh, they say before people yeah, fence? Everybody who hears these cases. Isn't yeah. that what they say before What's, people fence? They go in-bonk or like before they have the sword fight in-bonk? Uh, I think it's in guard, on guard. On guard. Okay. On guard. That's yeah. what we did in my fencing classes at Beauregard Academy. <laughs> um, anyway, the um, – so Save that yeah. soundbite because we're going to come back to that at some point. There is a. You notice a, he only said that when Prisco wasn't on the. Podcast. Oh no no no! Oh, that we, that is not sliding. We are going to come back to that at some point for the, sure. The um, oh man, some more news. The uh, yeah, this I was about to get into this. You go ahead, go ahead, Will. Oh, well, no, I was just, but so yeah, look, very small percent chance he even gets an in bank hearing. Small percent chance he gets he wins the expedited hearing with the the judges who just shot him down. And the slimmest and slimmest and slimmest of odds that he actually gets a Supreme Court hearing. It, it ain't happening. Um, elsewhere in news, Timmy Jernigan, four-year, $48 million extension with the Eagles with $26 million guaranteed. There's something juicier, Brilliant. by the way, which I don't know if you've seen because it just broke on Twitter like two minutes ago. The Patriots claimed Martellus Bennett off waivers and perhaps yeah. the least <laughs> shocking news of all time. Packers cut Martellus Bennett. They're going to try and recoup that money, Jason. And now uh, he's back with the New England Patriots. So Marty B back in New England and Timmy Jernigan, the extension in Philly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that either's a shock. I, I wasn't sure how much the Eagles would reinvest in their interior, their offensive line, after obviously giving Fletcher Cox a mega deal not too long ago. They made a trade with the Ravens for Jernigan. It's turned out to be yet another personnel move that works in their favor and one that uh, isn't looking too good for Baltimore uh, right now. Jernigan, one of a bevy of day one and day two picks from the last five drafts who had never made an impact for the Ravens, but Jernigan, the rare one, who's gone on and made an impact elsewhere. And, and um, the Eagles didn't want this to just be a rental. I, I you know, knew the sides were talking. Um, he's having a nice year. Maybe you'd want to play it out for the rest of the year, but there's also the risk of injury. And so I get it all the way around. I mean, look, they're probably going to lose Jim Schwartz at the end of the year to become a head coach, but that scheme really fits these players. And when you can get a pass rush with four in that wide nine and you've got linebackers you can run like theirs and the secondary's been pretty good and they're still going to get Darby back, then you have the makings of, of a team that can do damage in the postseason. So I get it. I mean, Bennett. I'm sure he'll have a change of heart. He'll stop talking about retirement and he'll probably put forth a better effort for the Patriots than perhaps he had been for the Packers. I just don't know how much is left in the tank there, to be honest with you. But they have a way of, you know, they're the home for wayward souls at times. They take chances on guys, and especially those who have already been in the fold and get it. Um, You know, for all the receivers they lost, it's it's another pass catcher. And, And frankly, you know, he can inline block a little bit as well, which they haven't gotten as much out of that, out of Dwayne Allen, as you would have expected. So it's not surprising. Um, not shocked that nobody picked him up before New England. That means he got through almost the entire league on waivers because of the contract, and not surprised that New England took a flyer on him either. 
Yeah, so we're going to have Pete Prisco come on here in a couple minutes as we cover the breaking news here with Jason Lacanfora. Ezekiel Elliott, again, looks like his suspension will be official. Plus, we got Timmy Jernigan contract extension with Philly and Martellus Bennett being claimed by the New England Patriots. JLC, we're going to circle back at some point. you got to get out of here in a few minutes, but I want to have that conversation maybe next week about you think Jim Schwartz will be a head coach again in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, I, think he'll have his, I think he'll have his pick of opportunities. I think he'll uh, be... Yeah. Right, I think he and Josh McDaniels, it'll be the year of the retread. Guys who've done it before, a lot of guys who had one shot but not an extended shot. You know, I think even Pat Shermer, if he keeps winning games with KC. How? I mean, you know, he was in Cleveland, and nobody wins in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, there, I, I, there aren't enough hot young coordinators out there anymore. When you've, when you've had Shanahan and Gase and McVeigh all get hired, you know, two to three years before some would have expected – there isn't that next wave up. I mean, Jim Bob Cooter, he's got some skeletons in the closet. He's named Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, the Lions have kind of been up and down. You know, there's not, there just isn't going to be this wave of it guys. So I think you could see a big fish or two or maybe even a whale like John Gruden splash back into the waters. And guys like McDaniels and Schwartz and Shermer who've done it before, um, I think we'll get an opportunity to do it again. At least two of those three are going to get head coaching jobs. All right, we're going to make our picks coming up in moments here. So, Jason, while I filibuster, I want you to take a sip of the tea with the honey, get the vocal cords a little lubed up here, because you're going to give us one of your satanic Beelzebub-like loves, because I know that you love one game this week. It will be Jason, two for the money, lock in for us. Best bet of the week. Take it away, good sir. I feel a little bad, because the Seahawks played like they had seen a ghost last week, and they blew that thing with a bunch of errors, and they were I believe they were the first true satanic pick of the week. Um, also, this got a lot of play on Seattle radio, by the way. When I was on KJR this week, they did a whole bit on the Seattle. They played like that whole segment. That's so awesome. Great. Hopefully we pick up a few podcast listeners from that. Nice. Um, yeah. So this week, and the kids are home. I don't usually do this when the kids are home. They're playing the switch in the next room. They're, they're going to learn. They're, they're going to learn. Why, they're, they're why is daddy screaming like <laughs> Why, why, why is daddy the, the devil? playing with... with Mateo right now. She's probably about to freak out. But um, I'll say that I... <laughs> the New England Patriots. Seven and a half. Come on. Denver's rolling over. It's still another Brock Osweiler experience. There's no way he'd be... I know he had some love against them before, but never again. What's up, Rock? Say hi to America. Hi, America. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Um, is that Rocco? That was Rocco, yeah. What's up, Rocco? Nice. Yeah. What's up, Rocco? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have Rocco. I'd rather have Rocco at quarterback. Good. Why do I want what? Yeah, but... <laughs> Hi. Hi. Who are you? Rocco, who's going to win the Patriots or the Broncos? Oh, Patriots. That's an easy W. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Rocco. Buddy. How's Copper? He's he's good. Glad to hear. Is he a, is he a good dog? Is he fun? Yeah, he's fun. Do you know what? With, with one of the guys you're talking to is a Yankees fan. And I made him a bet that the Astros would beat the Yankees in the playoffs. And if I won, he'd have one of his Yankee t-shirt jerseys for me to use for Copper to poop in when I take him on his walk. He hasn't sent it yet. Say, Nick, where's the jersey, bro? Yo, where's the jersey? It's, it's getting sent tonight. You'll have it by Monday. All right. Okay, good. Thanks, Rocco. Beat Copper heavily before it, Rocco. Anything Thanks, buddy. Rock, anything about the Orioles or the Wizards? Anything you All right. Out there? No? no. You're good. Say peace yeah. out. Say bye. Peace out. Peace out. Peace, Rocco. Go, Dad. So bye. Yeah, so I like the Patriots. Uh, I don't think seven and a half is enough. Um, Denver doesn't play offense, and now they're struggling on defense. I don't think Vance Joseph is long for there. There People making all this noise about Ben McAdoo. Vance Joseph looks looks more overwhelmed to me than Ben McAdoo. Um, At least Ben McAdoo's had an 11 or 10 win season, whatever the hell they did last year. Keep your eye on Denver in the second half of the year. John Elway, I can tell you this much about the Denver Broncos. When it goes bad there, it can't possibly be John Elway. Right, I mean, he's got the mightiest touch. I mean, he's he's unfallible. So it can't be him. So if it's not personnel, even though it's somewhat personnel, uh, somebody's going to pay. Jay, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you uh, on Sunday night. You got it, guys. Have a good one. All right. We now welcome in Pete Frisco into the show. And, you know, the three of us have been absolutely pathetic. I don't even know if I want to give out our actual records in the Super Contest. All I'll say is we're all under 500. I am one game behind Pete Prisco, and Brinson's like 15 games behind because Will no, is No, no, show the records. Show the records. I have to find them in my email. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll find him because I'll find him because our lovely producer Eric tweeted him out. Yeah, what about him? Huh? He Frisco tweeted out our twenty twenty four and one to, to rub it in everybody's face. What about I'm that? Five games. Look, hey, I'm five games back at Pete. That's a lot. It ain't. It ain't hard. It ain't that hard to come overcome. Not if I go one and four again. Winter is coming, Pete. Winter is coming. All right, so let's find out if Will Brunson. You're too soft for winter is coming. You'd be crying, curling up in a fetal position, looking for your mommy. Brunch is coming, Pete. Brunch is coming. Pete, winter is coming, Brinson. (laughs) (laughs) Brinson, winter is coming, and I'm hiding. (laughs) Brinson, calling. Winter coming after fall. All right, so let's see what we've got here. Let's begin with the Minnesota Vikings in our nation's capital against the Washington Redskins. Peter Prisco, Case Keenum, still the starting quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater going to be the backup. The Vikings are a one-point favorite on the road. Yeah, and look, they're they're really good on defense, let's face it. But the Redskins showed me a lot last week on defense as well. They they I mean, they knew their offensive line was a disaster, and it'll probably be a disaster again. And yet they hung in there. They kept the great Russell Wilson to only 14 points uh, in that game. And I think they'll do it again here. I think this is a good spot for the Redskins. I'm worried about the pass rush of the Vikings a little bit with all the injuries on the offensive line. But I think they'll find a way to win this game. Not only do I like the Redskins, I love the Washington Redskins. Yep, this feels like the old KOD special kiss of death. How can you not love the Washington Redskins? Coming off an emotional victory against the Seahawks. The defense is playing exceptionally well. Teddy Bridgewater is back, but he's probably not going to play. I like, I love the Redskins. Redskins win this game outright. Oh my God. I don't want you anywhere near my picks. Look what you did to me last week, damn it. Oh, Pete, I've got, I've got worse news for you. Because you love the Redskins. Oh, buddy, you better bang the Vikings. They're luck. Will loves the Redskins. And I love the Washington Redskins to win the game. Oh God, guys, this is the this is the game where Case Keenum turns into a pumpkin. Midnight is about to strike. Teddy Bridgewater will be playing quarterback for the Vikings at some point down the stretch. The feel good story in a crappy year in the National Football League, but on Sunday, ooey, you like that? Hail to Kirk Cousins. Hail to the Washington Redskins. The Redskins win and the Redskins cover. Mwah! Kiss of death. Leg number one. Pound. Woo-wee! The Minnesota, I like that. Pound the Minnesota Vikings. Next up, the Chicago Bears. I never thought I would say it this year. The Bears are five and a half point favorites against somebody. And then you look at the other side of the field and Pete, it's the team that Brett Hundley is not going to solve the quarterback woes for. Brinson. Bears five and a half point favorites at Soldier Field over the Green Bay Packers. Are you asking me, or is that a Brinson headline? That, that, that was your headline on Monday or Tuesday. Oh, I thought you were asking him. No. Oh, okay. Well, look, the bottom line is the Packers right now aren't a good football team. I thought it was fairly but obvious, given that was the joke that we had two days ago. But five and a half points to to the the Bears shouldn't be laying five and a half points to anybody. Okay. I think they're, they're going to rally around Hundley this week. I don't know if the Packers will win the game. <laughs> rally but give me Hundley. the five and a half points. That's ridiculous. I'll take the Packers. Good. I was worried you were going to go in the direction I thought you might because I love the Chicago Bears. You know what? They've been a frisky little football team at home. they got a very good defense, an underrated defense that is playing well. Vic Fangio should get some assistant coach of the year love. The defense has been doing dirty things to good football teams like the Steelers and the Panthers in Soldier Field. And guess what, Pete? The Packers, your Super Bowl pick. They stink. They're terrible. They're trash. They suck on defense. They suck on offense. They lost a quarterback there, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. My Super Bowl pick lost a quarterback too, and you didn't seem to care. So you know what? No, I no, don't you got, care. What about your other your Super team Bowl stinks. Pick? They're terrible. The, the Bears are going to blow too. them out. Give me Chicago minus five and a half. I love the Chicago Bears this week. Um, as someone that has been badgering Will relentlessly on a Super Bowl pick, I have to say that I rule in favor of Will Brinson here. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna give Will the crap Pete, then you and I who both put the Packers in the Super Bowl, we gotta take it back ourselves because all of us here now in the old crevasse Who's as it concerns. More likely to no, win no, no, no. Some of us still have New England Packers. Yeah, but some of us still have New England. That is true, Will, because we really still have the Patriots. Brinson, he also has the Chargers. Let's not forget. That is true, Will. So you Eric? are in the crevasse and we are not in Pete? the crevasse. 
Yeah, I, I, I think the Chargers are going to start making Will Brinson look good. <laughs> that sounds yeah, like well, it's so good. It actually stupid. sounds like Pete saying it right well, now. Well, they did that week. They won two in a row, didn't they? That was the week they went on. Yeah, they, lost to, they lost to the Patriots, and now they're coming off their bye. They're about to go over on a hot streak. Don't you worry about the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Chargers-Jaguars game in a second here, but I got to agree with Will Brinson. He's right about Vic Fangio, by the way. This Bears defense has been very scrappy. How the hell are the Packers going to score points in this game? Like, Picos are going to rally around Brett Hundley. That would be like if I were the starting point guard of the Cleveland Cavaliers, they would rally around me. Guess what? I'm five foot eight. I stink. Brett Hundley stinks. It doesn't make a difference. The Bears win and the Bears cover. Let's move you're to five foot six, by the way, and you've never made a basket. Well, I'll tell you what, if, I, if I'm five foot six, you're four foot nine. So you better it hope that matter. I'm actually I'll shoot five your foot lights eight. out. The, yeah, I mean, I bet at 57 years old. Hey, the Steelers hey, and hey, the Nick, Colts in here's Indianapolis. What I'll do for you since you brag all the time. We'll go down to the gym and I'll, we'll do five shots from every three point spot in the thing. And I'll spot you five, and I'll still beat you. Right. How about that? First off, I would like to do that because I'm actually a pretty good shooter. Second off, when do I ever brag about my basketball prowess? Name one time that I've ever bragged about You just that. brag about yourself in life, period, which is enough. All right, so the Steelers are in Indianapolis against the Colts. Vontae Davis now on the street, released by Indianapolis. Good help, Antonio Bryan, Juju Smith-Schuster, Bart Davis, Bryan and company. Pete Prisco, the Steelers, 10-point road favorites. Yeah, normally I'm a little scared of the Steelers in these spots going on the road against bad teams because they tend to play down to the competition. We saw it early in the season when they lost to the Bears. But I think coming off the bye, I just think this team is going to get it right. I still think even, you know, Brissett's playing better football, and there's some good young players on that defense like Anderson, the defensive lineman who's having a real good year. But the bottom line is they're not ready for this. The Colts, they can't challenge them. And I think the Steelers coming off a bye, getting everybody back, I think they're ready to make a real push. Love the Steelers. Don't love the Steelers, but like the Steelers in this spot. The Steelers, Pete talks about their bye. You know, as everyone knows, the Steelers play well off their bye. Fun fact from our friend Larry Hartstein at, uh, at sportsline.com. You should go to sportsline and subscribe. Ten bucks a month gets you like crazy gambling advice and picks from smart experts. RJ White killing it. Just don't unlike look at my us. picks. Yeah, just don't look at my picks. Yeah, don't look at Nick's picks. Just fade Nick's picks. Like Mr. Monday not. Correct. Um, Larry points out the Steelers are one and five against their spread against the spread in their last six games coming off the bye. Indianapolis is a bad football team, and Pittsburgh went in there and beat, uh, as we say in the Brinson House, Brinson beat their bottoms in uh, on Thanksgiving last year with uh, Andrew Luck out and Scott Tolzien playing. But Jacoby Brissett playing pretty well. Feels like we can get another T.Y. Hilton game. He's having a tremendous year. Lit up the Texans. I think the Colts can keep it just close enough to cover that 10-point spread. Uh, don't like them to win or upset. or yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they keep it close to upset. The Steelers like to go on the road and lay an egg. All right? And they, this is prime egg-laying time. I like the Colts here, plus 10. Um, I will begrudgingly take the points as well with Indianapolis. I don't feel great about it. I could see Pittsburgh winning this game 38-10, but... Again, a 10-point road favorite is too too much for me. I can't do it. So I will begrudgingly take the points with Jacoby Brissett and company, although I do think big game for Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown and company. There will be points in this game. Or a decent, of course, there will be points, but I think there will be a nice amount of points. What's in this game? I know, right? You think it might be a scoreless tie? Is that what you're saying? Wait, there will be points in the game. Costos. Colin. (laughs) Newsflash. NFL teams will score points. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to Jacksonville now. Pete Prisco's neck of the woods on Duns Avenue as the Jaguars hosting the L.A. Chargers. Will Brinson's Chargers. Petey Prisco, your Jaguars, three-and-a-half-point home favorites. For some reason... The Chargers have been like a, a kryptonite. To, whenever, even when the Jaguars were good, they've always been a pain in their butt. They, I, I mean, they've actually had really good games against the Jaguars. Phillip Rivers has 19 touchdown passes and four interceptions against Jacksonville. He's got 11 to none in the last three games, including eight in the last two no picks. Having said that, he hasn't faced the defense in the secondary like this in Jacksonville. I don't love the Jaguars in this spot, but they're going to win the game and cover the number. I, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to, the Jaguars, the Jaguars have been a very good team. Very good defense. Uh, if Jason was on this call, Jason Lockett for our friend who was just on, was on with Pete, you would be badgering him about his refusal to admit that the Jaguars are good on defense. And they are good. They're, uh, they got a little bit of swagger, a little bit of attitude. It's the best defense. They have the best defense. It's the best defense. Well, the Panthers technically have the best defense, but that's. Uh, No, the scoring defense is who? Well, how do you know? It's it's based on yards, Pete. No, who's the best? Wait, are yards more important than points? 
Yes. No. I All right. So, 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 so let's play this game. Will, if you had to have one defense to save your life in a game, who would you have? The Jar- the Jaguars or the Panthers? Um, if I had one game, Super Bowl, I'd take the Panthers. God, you're insane. You're a moron. It's my the Jaguars lead in sacks. They lead yeah. in it's number one in scoring defense. By the way, so Will's now employing the Jamie Eisenberg method of arguing, Pete, where he uses your baby voice or he talks louder yeah, than you to try and make his point. Jaguars getting, you know what, Pete? The Chargers are coming to y'all, and they are going to take care of business. This is a situation where the Chargers can bottle up Leonard Fournette. Better show up on time for your picture this week. Friend of the podcast, Leonard Fournette, great, great guy, great player. Uh, but I don't want to insult him with that picture thing. I think the Chargers bottle up Fournette and make Bortles throw. Joey Bosa, eight and a half sacks in eight games so far this season. Flying under the radar a little bit for Defensive Player of the Year honors. If he could get after Bortles, put him on the ground a couple of times, shake him up, maybe a pick six the other way for Mr. Bosa. I think we see the Chargers pull off the upset, off the bye. Jaguars are good. Phillip Rivers can. Um, what about your one o'clock starts on the East Coast? They're coming off a of bye, so it's eradicated. That happened. Oh, the okay. The Rams last okay. week. It's it's, okay. it's it's amazing how the rules get changed. For everyone does this. It's not just Will that does it. You do it too, Pete. Right. So wait. So just to get this on the record, Will, you are calling the outright upset. Chargers win in Jacksonville. Yeah, you know what? I'm not doing well in my picks anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick what I want to happen, not what I think will happen. All right. So now it's up to me to break the tie. Pete likes the Jags. Will likes the Chargers. And I got to tell you guys, I don't just like a team in this game. I love a team in this game. And that team is the better team with the better defense. The Jacksonville Jaguars win this game by double digits. One of my best bets of the week, Pete Prisco. Give me the Jaguars to win and cover against the Chargers. Let's move. By the way, by the way, Pete, you've got the Chargers covering on the site. I hope you know that. Huh? You have the Chargers covering on the site. What, what, what was it on the site? It's uh, minus three and a half, Jaguars. I didn't think I'd sent that, but I'll check. They, okay, they get just... those things wrong every – last week they yeah, had yeah. the – No, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not accusing you of, of being old and losing your mind. I'm, accu- I'm accusing – No, of last week they had me with, that the, would be they a had fair with the Chiefs, and I clearly accusation. picked the Cowboys to win 31-17 right in their face, so I had them change, and they fixed it. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go make sure they change it. All right, so let's move to Tampa Bay, where it's the Buccaneers minus Jameis Winston minus Mike Evans hosting the New York Jets, guys. The Jets, the New York Jets are two and a half point road favorites in this game, and it is the double revenge game. Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets, Josh McCown against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's just making noises. Could, could you imagine paying money to go see that? No. You're watching Josh McCown play against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, my Josh, God. Josh, double, double, did you point out it's a double revenge game? I did. Okay. But I, I still think the Jets are playing better football. The Bucks are a mess. They can't rush the passer. They're bad on defense. They have so many uh, uh, players that are playing subpar, and even the ones that are on the uh, that are in, in, on injured reserve have really hurt them. It's a bad team. No Jameis Winston. No Mike Evans. The Jets go to five and five. Who saw that coming? Certainly not me. You know, this is one that I really struggled with because when I was making my picks, and like I'm mad at myself last week because I, I I got I talked myself into by backing the Broncos, and I'm trying to take this policy like don't quit worrying about the number like the number you're seeing and just take the better team. And the Jets are the better team. And that's, that's a weird thing to say. You just have to get the 0-16 predictions out of your mind. You know, they're not a great team. But the Buccaneers' defense is trash. Like, like Pete said, they're, they're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick against a decent pass rush with no Mike Evans. Uh, Doug Martin is falling off a cliff quickly in terms of his production in the run game. The offensive line not playing well. I am, I have picked the Jets, but I, I, this is one I'm going to red flag as a reserve the right to make a change because when you look at all of the peripheral stats here, which like the red flags that I get, first of all, 80% of the money is on the Jets in this game. Um, and the line has moved from a pick em to the Jets minus two and a half. The Jets are a terror or not a good football team and they're a two and a half point road favorite. 
And every single person on CBS is picking the Jets to cover the game. Those things are major red flags to me. I can't back Tampa yet, but I am leaning towards flipping to Tampa in this game. Uh, right now, I have the Jets. All right, so Will, the classic waffler, the classic flip-flopper, I will pick not game, do that. Pick a team. I you? will. You know what? I literally I'll, just said, right now, I have the Jets. I will do what Will Brinson will not, and that is make a pick with conviction. And not only am I going to make a pick, but I'm going to make a best bet. I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Home underdogs against the freaking New York Jets. Are you kidding me? This is free money plus two and a half. This is easy. You take the Buccaneers and don't even watch the game. It's a lock. They're, of course they're going to win. Loser. I, I, I don't know. I tend to agree. I, th- I, I like it with Nick. I mean, like, who on earth? This is like this is like in the, the fourth week of the season or whatever it was when it's like, all right, look. All right, look. I know the, like, the Browns are road favorites at, at Indy. Like, what, what are the Browns doing as road favorites? In no circumstances ever should the Cleveland Browns or the New York Jets in 2017 be a road favorite. It's insane. You shouldn't be getting those points. It should, at best case, be a pick em. Great. I, 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 I might flip to Tampa. I can't, I don't think I can make it a best bet. All right. We'll follow Will Brinson on Twitter at Will Brinson, the Pick Six Podcast Twitter account at Pick Six Pod, and we will update that if Will does indeed change his pick. But for now, we move to the Music City. Oh, yeah. By the way, we should point out more, a little more aggressively that we did, in fact, Eric, our enterprising producer, um, created a pick six pod handle. So if you listen to this podcast, go to twitter.com backslash pick six pod. Give it a follow. We want you. We need you. We need you. Um, Eric, Eric's going to be Eric. The conductor is going to be manning that and he's doing a great job so far. And he is, uh, impressively sort of kicking us all under the bus throughout the thing, throughout the uh, throughout the early stages of this Twitter. Which we enjoy, because uh, that, that sort of fits in with the motif. Conductor, your next assignment is to get the heat turned down in this room, because it's about a 1,000 degrees where we're podcasting from right now, where me and Desjardins are sitting here, and, and it's, it's <laughs> wait, insanely wait, hot. We've got Brinson, Colin. There are more people alive now than there were fewer people. What? That doesn't make sense. When people there were fewer people. You wrote that, or oh, someone no, else wrote it? Somebody else wrote that. He asked for, he asked for fake Will Brinson headlines on Twitter. All right. So, yeah, and send those into at pick six pod, but let's now move on to the music city, Pete, where the Titans are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, Marcus Mariota and company, four and a half point favorites over Andy Dalton and the guy that Jalen Ramsey punked last Sunday, AJ Green. Yeah. Back to back road games outside the division for the Bengals, always tough. And, but I just, this game was hard for me. I, I wanted to pick the Bengals, because I, I don't think the Titans are that good, but I'm just not going to buck that trend in this one. And I don't know where the Bengals' head is right now. I think heads are right now. I think they're they're a mess. And that what happened to AJ Green last week was a kind of a uh, something that's the te- the rest of the team is going through. I think I, I just don't think I think it all boiled over. It's a bad situation. I like the Titans, but I'm not going to play it uh, pick it as one of my picks. But I do like the Titans minus the points. Yeah, I like the Bengals here, and I'm maybe one day after the season's over, I'll look back and evaluate 2017 and say, why did you keep picking the Bengals? Uh, but the, I don't think the Titans are great. Joe Mixon, <laughs> Joe, one of these days, guys, Joe Mixon's gonna have a breakout game. It has to happen, right? I don't John, like John Ross, Ross too. Yeah, like my John, John Ross. Ross. Hey, John Ross, really nice conversation. I don't know if you saw the story I wrote about it, but great conversation with our pal John Beeson. Um, Doing, uh, yeah, doing some good things in the community. I'm rooting for John Ross. I like John Ross as a football player. I'm going to go on a limb and say that this is the week, guys. This is the week that John Ross scores a touchdown. And I, I like the Cincinnati Bengals keep this close. John Ross scores a long touchdown against his brutal cold secondary. Oh, I, I thought you were doing it again. Eric, you were all over this, man. Good job. Um, I, I, this is the week John Ross scores a touchdown. This is the week Joe Mixon breaks out. AJ Green has a big game. I, I might like, I don't like the Bengals to win, but I like them to keep it within three points. Um, here's my analysis of the game. The Bengals stink. The Titans don't. I will lay it with Tennessee. Tennessee wins. Tennessee covers. Let's move to Buffalo. Pete, the Bills are three point home underdogs against my preseason pick to win the NFC South. You all were going to laugh at me, but guess what? I'm laughing now. The Saints three point road favorites against the Bills. Yeah, this this was a tough game for me in a tough. lot of ways because I, I wanted to take Buffalo here, and the more I looked at it and went back and watched some tape on the on the uh, Saints defense, I'm just like more and more impressed with how good they are. And I don't think the Bills' offense is all that good when you take, particularly if you take away, uh, you know, Shady McCoy, which I think they will do. I I like the Saints in the game. I don't love them, but I still think that team. And Nick, I got to give you credit, man. You picked them, and I think they're going to win the division. So I, I like the Saints to keep rolling and get. Victory number seven and cover the number. 
Uh, I like the Bills. In fact, I love the Buffalo Bills. That was you know a, that's a decent impersonation of JLC. Decent. Yeah, it was a pretty, it actually kind of hurt my throat. I, I know. It, I, I don't know how he does it. Like, it has to hurt to say that. <laughs> Excuse me. That's what happens when he goes to all those metal concerts with gin and tonic every week. No, that's what you do. You got you need that gin and tonic to, I mean, like, when your, when your throat's constantly being coated with gin and tonic, you can, uh, you can easily, uh, solve the wounds of, uh, of screaming like that. I like the Bills here. Don't, don't really know why they've been good at home. They've covered at home. They played good defense at home. Saints flying high. Everybody's on the Saints, I believe, in this, uh, particular case. It looks like, eh, 60% of the money on the, on the, on the Saints. I, I think the Saints are very good. I think the Saints could very well win that division. But they stumble on the road here. Buffalo pulls an upset. Um, I, I, I hate to do this because I normally don't like to take road favorites in spots like this, especially in Buffalo where the yes, home field advantage is yes. great. No, but I'm doing it because I'm rolling with my new, oh, when the Saints come marching in, they go to Buffalo. You know what's going to happen? All those Bills fans are going to be drunk before the game. They're diving through flaming tables. They're awesome. They're going to have a great time, and then they're going to watch their football team get the I don't know, I was going to say something really awful, which I won't say. Going to get the you-know-what beaten out of them by Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, Marshawn Lattimore, and the Saints. The Saints win. The Saints cover seven wins in a row. The Saints go on marching in towards a division championship. Now we move to Detroit, where the Lions, coming off that very impressive Monday night thumping of Brett Hundley and the Packers, are 12-point favorites, Pete Prisco, over the winless, hapless, pathetic Cleveland Browns. The number is gigantic for what, when I look at it, I'm like, oh man, God, I'm not laying a big number like that, but you know what? I am. Cause I think the Browns are atrocious. I think, you know, Lions winning that game on the road the other night was impressive. I thought their defense was really good. Stafford made some great throws. The, the thing about the Lions that always bothers me week in and week out is they don't know who they are as an offense. Who you should be is Matt Stafford chucking the ball around all day to all those receivers outside because he's got good receivers. So, I think they do that here. They blow out the Browns. I'm not taking the Browns. I will never take the Browns. I'm finished with the Browns. Same deal. No Browns. Browns bad. Boo Browns. Browns terrible. I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I was actually texting somebody about this Louis C.K. situation that's unfolding. And, um, like literally right then as Pete was talking and I forgot who the Browns are playing. I don't care. I'm taking whoever they're not playing. Um, that would be the Lions. It's the Lions. I, I know. I know. I'm just a joke. I, 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 I will also not take the Browns because the Browns are bad, and uh, they're not just bad. They're atrocious, and I refuse to take Ooh, them. Ooh, that's, uh, that's number two, by the way. Cleveland. That's a, the old Cleveland steamer if you go Cleveland to Minnesota as the kiss of death parlay so far. All right, so we got Cleveland and the Vikings there as, uh, as, as the, two, the two first legs. Let's see if we can get another in the KOD parlay. Now to Los Angeles where the Rams host the Houston Texans. My L.A. Rams. How about another great call? Pat myself on the back quite crazy today. The Rams hosting Tom Savage and the Texans. Pete, the Rams are 12-point home favorites. Now, I'm going to give you a piece of information that may end up swaying your pick. Jared Goff is, in fact, Jamie Eisenberg's start of the week. Oh, so take, oh no. So take that information oh, no. into account. Oh, no, that's a kiss of death. Oh, no. That means that we have no chance if you pick the Rams because he's going to throw three or four interceptions. Now, look, if you would have said before the season that they were going to be this big a favorite against the Texans, people would have laughed you out of the place, right? But the Texans are a shell of themselves. They're terrible. They can't, they can't play defense. The quarterback situation is a disaster. Now, I'm rolling with the Rams. They're not going to put up 40, but they'll come close, maybe 30-something. They're going to blow them out. Love the Rams. The only thing I'm worried about here is that start of the week. We know how that goes into the garbage every week. Oh boy, I got a bad feeling about this. I knew it as soon as I picked it. Look, first of all, I would just like to say it stinks really badly. It stinks like, like a, like the cats in Pete's closet badly that oh we God, are not going to watch. <laughs> Is that too much? Yes. Um, that, that we get to, that we don't get to watch golf versus Watson here, right? Like this was, this was going to be appointment viewing, can't miss football between two of the great young rising quarterbacks. And now it's, going to be a little savage to have to be sitting around and watching it. Uh, I'll take the Rams laying the large number of points. I just think it's a situation where Los Angeles is offense playing well. A little concerned about the, the start of the week situation. Houston's defense has, has been really falling off. And the Rams defense underweight Phillips to no one's surprise, as I predicted this before the season, is playing extremely well and looking um, looking like a uh, like a dominant team. So I'll take the Rams with the points. Um, I will take the points with the Houston Texans because I think it's too many and 
I don't know. I, I just can't bring myself to lay it, although I do love my guy, Jared Goff, and I do love the Los Angeles Rams, Will Brinson. Uh, you know what? I do too, Nick. And so much so that, I mean, I almost want to go out to Los Angeles and sit in the lovely Coliseum and watch them run up and down the field against the Texans. Now, if I were doing that, the only way to do that would be to download the Seat Geek app. If you haven't used Seat Geek, you have not experienced the most modern, the most sleek, or the sleekest, I guess it would be, the easiest way and the most convenient way to get tickets to concerts and sporting events. SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience helps you find the best seats at the best prices, and it's all fully guaranteed. I have personally used SeatGeek many times. As I told you, I was up the NC State, Notre Dame, busting out SeatGeek to find the best value because you, you load up any event, right, and you can scroll. You can, like, just – on the app, you can just slide around the stadium and check out different spots where tickets are available. Big green dot means go, go, go. You've got a good price on that ticket. You can look at your views from each seat so you don't, you know, you're not going to get jammed by some obstruction that, that's hanging out at some old stadium. Uh, and, and, and like I said, SeatGeek fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on there with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best part of all, if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app. Just go to your little, you probably got an iPhone or whatever, Android, go to the store, search SeatGeek, download it, enter the promo code PICK. Six. That's promo code PICK6 for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, four more games left for us to hit. Let's go with the Falcons hosting the Dallas Cowboys, the Ezekiel Elliott-less Dallas Cowboys. Pete, Matt Ryan and company, your guy Matt Ryan and the Falcons, three-point home favorites. Yeah, even before the Elliott news, I, I, I really like the Falcons in this spot. Shocker. This is a team that has to win here. Um, because you look at their schedule the rest of the way. I mean, they got five in the next, they got four of the next five at home. Two of those at home are Minnesota and Philly, I think it is. What's that echo we got? That's, that's you, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that's, that's, that's you, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Who is this horrible sounding demon in my ear? Well, I don't want to hear you. I mean, that's bad enough. I like hearing myself talk. No, I, see, I for me, the Falcons schedule is brutal. They got Seattle next week which is at Seattle, which is always a tough game. I just think this is a must win for them. They haven't played well, but it's the first time they've been home in a month. The Cowboys are going to, I don't care what they say, they're going to be affected by the Elliott news. I like that. No, I love the Falcons in this spot. You know, I always wonder what the deal is. To be, like, without Zeke Elliott, I, I am on board with the Falcons being three-point favorites. With Zeke Elliott, I am stunned that the Cowboys would be underdogs in this situation. I love the Cowboys. Does, do you think Vegas? I mean, I guess, I mean, like the line hadn't moved. The right? line has Vegas, not moved. Correct. I'm looking at it right Vegas now. It's still free. Like Vegas knows that he's going to get suspended. I don't know how on earth you would know that they would rule that quickly. I mean, kudos to whoever is doing it because it's spot on. The line didn't move, hadn't budged. That makes me really nervous because I believe that people are pounding. The Cowboys, 76%. I would guess that that comes down after the Zeke Elliott news. I still like Dallas and think they're a very good football team, but I am, uh, this is a, a flipper flopper for me. I'll, I'll take Dallas in the points, but I'm starting to get a little nervous now that Elliott is going to be missing. I gotta, I gotta marinate some more on this and reserve the right to flip to Atlanta, but I'm taking Dallas right now. Um, I love the Atlanta Falcons. Whether Zeke plays or Zeke doesn't play, this line looks fishy. And when that's the case, you take the, the team that, uh, that no one else is going to take. And that is since it's the Atlanta Falcons, Pete, I think it's going to be a bounce back. I think it's going to be a big game for your guy, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, you know, it, and the Falcons. But, 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 and, and, all right, I'm not going to, I'll stick with the Cowboys then because I don't want it to be a flippy floppy thing with the kiss of death parlay. That would be weird. Um, I will point out that Pete talking about the Falcons reminds me of like how my wife talks about her keys. She loses her keys constantly. And then she'll be like, I'm like, do you know where your keys are? She, well, I, I can't find them. I'm like, well, that's that's a problem. You need you, you need to have your bleeping keys. And she's like, well, those are, I'm sure they'll just turn up. Pete's like, 
you know, I don't really know how this Falcons offense is going to get fixed, but it's going to come around. It's I'll just, tell you how it's going to. I can tell you how it's exactly going to get fixed. They're going to start running the ball, and they're going to play more up tempo with Matt Ryan at the line of scrimmage. That's how you fix the offense. It's not real complicated. Give me the headset. I'll fix it for him. Take, get get Tarkeesian off the headset. Get me the headset. Did I'll you see? It. I saw this tweet from our old friend Matthew Tabeek, the digital editor at the Can you save that thought for a second? Can we just get this on record that Pete just said, have Steve Sarkeesian give me the headset and I'll fix the Falcons offense? Like that is the thing that was just said, Will. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? And now he's doubling What down. am I going to do? I'm going to let Matt Ryan do more at the line of scrimmage, which, he, which is what he should be doing. Boom, fixed. There, anyone can be Boom. an offensive coordinator. <laughs> Matty, Pete's going to make sure Matt Ryan comes in hey, looking Nick, more. It's just Pete's going to make sure Matt Ryan comes in work looking more relaxed every day. That's, I hate to tell you, it's just football. It's not that complicated. Matt's got a grin on his face. Pete's walking a little sideways. Um, the uh, I, I do think that – anyway, to be at this uh, tweet that I saw that was interesting – before the bye, and I don't know if you've heard anything about this, Pete. Before the bye, the Falcons were three and one, scoring twenty six uh, points per game. After the bye, they moved Sark from the sideline to the booth, apparently, and they're one and three, and they're scoring ten less points per game. Why, why did they move him to the booth? He wanted to. <laughs> if my team's three and one, and scoring twenty six points per game, I'm sitting on. They've the also side. played the last three on the road. Let's not forget about that. I just, I mean. I mean, you can twist those stats any way you want to. He was the last three I'm have been on the road. What to, I'm just repeating what to be. I saw to be tweet about on Twitter. Shout out to our guy Matt to Matt, by the way, listens every single week, every single episode of the Pick Six. Better. Matt, where's our Where's our review to be? Where's our Where is my review? Yeah, yeah, to Beak. Where's our review? Beak. The Giants in San Beaker. Francisco. In the uh, anyway, if you, by the way, if anybody else wants to leave a review, go on iTunes, five stars. Or if, if you're one of those clowns who's gonna, look, I don't mind the four star review that's like a little, little critical. Like that's fine. You know, it's, we don't have to be five star. We appreciate the five star. But if you look, if you don't like the podcast, just unsubscribe. You don't need to get on there and leave a one star review. What kind of a hole does that? And, it's and just I, a waste and, of time. And I get the sense that the people that do that still listen to the podcast. Like yeah, has there been a one star? I, has there been a one star review recently? Uh, I think we got a two star. I do. Recently. I do. I will say I do respect a good spite review. I mean, like there is nothing. There's nothing more in this world that I love more than spite. So I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dog somebody for doing that. Hold on, I got the reviews right here. We got 94. Got some recent. Let's see. Uh, I don't like that the one that comes up first is Pete is a demigod. Um, oh here, That's, Lou from Charlotte. <laughs> hey, Lou this from is your Charlotte. dad. Lou. This is your dad. This is code for Papa Brinson. No, no, no. He did a. Uh, he left a. He left a, a CBS ticker review. Like we asked. He said, uh, Lou from Charlotte wrote Costas colon. Prisco uses self-tanner. <laughs> Excellent. Good job, Lou. That is the best review that we've gotten so far. Listen, I I, I got to eat, so we got to get these picks in. Uh, Giants two-and-a-half-point favorites, Pete, in San Francisco. I have no idea why I think that this team is going to rally, but I think they're going to rally this week. I, I, it's not because of McAdoo. I think they're going to win despite McAdoo. I think they're going to be able to get all over the quarterback. Look, the Arizona Cardinals with Drew Stanton went to San Francisco and won. The Arizona Cardinals with Drew Stanton went to San Francisco and won. Say that again. He is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my entire life. Eli Manning and gang will go out there. They'll score some points. The 49ers are not very good. I like the Giants. No, I love the Giants in this spot. Yeah. Ah, man, this is a bad – I hate this game because it's everything about like it. It's four right now. No, it's just like um, it's just like the Jets-Tampa Bay game. Everything about this game screams take – the 49ers and the two and a half points at home against a terrible Giants team. I disagree. And yet I, what's that? I disagree. I feel like, I feel like the Giants are the smart pick here. I, I'm taking the Giants. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Giants. It's not close. I just feel like there's so many red flags. The Giants stink, but the 49ers have burned me too many times trying to back them after the little hot streak to start. They're a garbage team. And I think this is, you know what? You know, I think this is a, uh, the MVP of this game. Orleans, Darkwing, Duck. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, I think Darkwing has a big day and the Giants win this game handily. Well, remember you said that our picks have been so bad that you sometimes now are taking games not based on what you think is going to happen, but what you want to happen. You said that earlier. <laughs> With that said. Uh, well, no, I just did that for the Chargers. I want I want the Chargers to 
beat the snot out of Pete's Jaguars. And you know what I want? I want the Niners to beat the snot out of my New York football giants. Get Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese the hell out of town. Embarrass them again. Embarrass my giants for the rest of the season. Don't win another game. Let's get a top pick. Let's get a quarterback. Still love Eli Manning. Don't get it twisted. Still love my guy Eli. Give me the Niners plus the two and a half. Now Sunday night. Well, you just football. said the Giants were the smart pick. Yeah, I don't care. Um, Patriots and Broncos on Sunday night football. Um, the game's in Denver. Brock Osweiler's the quarterback. Uh, Will, is Vance Joseph having the time of his life? I'm not so sure. New England is a <laughs> seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Look, I wanted to take the Patriots every way imaginable in this game. I really did. It, it was one of those deals where I'm sitting there saying everything points to the Patriots. The Broncos are bad. Their offense is atrocious. The defense is starting to wear down. But then you look at it and you go, you know what? Over the years, when you thought the Patriots were going to blow them out, the Broncos have played good football and showed up and, and, and had good success against them. I think this is one of those moments where the defense keeps them in the game, and I like the Denver Broncos. No, I love the Denver Broncos. Not a bad pick. I don't mind it at all. Um I can't do it. Not with the Brock Lobster. The Patriots are coming off a bye. The Broncos are a good defensive team, and they've gotten pressure on Tom Brady, and Tom Brady struggled at times in Denver. But the Patriots, the Patriots are just better. And maybe this is the last stand for Denver, and their defense gets it going. I don't think it matters, though. I just don't think – and I think Nick is definitely going to take the Broncos because it's prime time and seven-and-a-half-point dog at home. Uh, I'm going to take the Patriots because they're, they're a better team, and they can easily beat the Broncos by 21 points and never look back. I think that I'm going to stay away from this game as far as actually betting it or making it a best bet. I just think the Broncos have packed it in. And I think Vance Joseph might be. You heard JLC kind of intimated it, Pete, before you came on, that Vance Joseph could be a one and done. Um, what happened last Sunday against Philly was not surprising in the sense that Osweiler struggled because that was expected. It was the fact that the defense laid down and the Eagles put up 50 points on them. If that happened, what the hell is going to happen when Tom Brady and the Patriots roll into town coming off the bye week? I can in good conscience back this Broncos team, and it's not because of Osweiler. It's because this defense looks absolutely pathetic right now. They look like they've quit. Vance Joseph not having the time of his life. That is now confirmed. Um, so I will lay the points with the New England Patriots on the road. And let's close with Monday Night Football. Will Brinson, your Carolina Panthers are nine-point favorites over Pete Prisco's Miami Dolphins and Jay Cutler. Pete, who do you like on Monday night? Uh, the Carolina Panthers shouldn't be laying nine points to anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just sorry. They should not be yeah. laying nine points to anybody. That, that number is out of whack. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, I think Miami, look, Miami's got all kinds of problems. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They got problems. But Cutler, despite the loss to the Raiders last week, Cutler played good football, and, and they kind of went unnoticed. He was he, he actually made some really good throws. I think they go up there. They keep it close. I love the Miami Dolphins and the nine. All right, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. The Panthers are going to bliggity blast your boy, Jay Cutler, into oblivion with a lot of pressure. Big Monday night game. The Panthers, since 2014, are 4-1 against the spread when at home and favored by a touchdown or more. This number is begging you, begging you to take the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, who barely hung on and barely covered three at home against the questionable Raiders team, is now not going to come close to covering the nine points against a dangerous Panthers team that is starting to find a little bit of an identity on offense and is a... I think the statistics bear out the best defensive team in the league. Um, you said what? They're going to bliggity blast the Dolphins? I'm going to say they're going to bliggity bludgeon the Miami Dolphins on Monday night. Will Brinson, I am riding with you. The Carolina Panthers win. The Carolina Panthers cover. And Pete Prisco, this is the time for Mr. Monday Night to ride again. The, the fact that win. Mr. Monday Not likes them too, and the fact that Homer <laughs> Will Brinson loves his Panthers, that makes me feel so much better about my pick. All right, Pete, Pete, your five best bets for the Super Contest. Go. Falcons, mm. Redskins, oh. Giants, mm. Broncos, yeah. and Dolphins. Mm. Okay. And I hate every pick, by the way. <laughs> Nick, uh, you go ahead and go. I just realized that I'm like. I'm not ready I'm either. Short. I was trying, I was trying I'm to. Short on one. Um, I was hoping you would go first. Go ahead. Well, the Zeke Elliott news threw me for a loop because oh, I really God. like the Cowboys. Go. The, I'm, the I'm always ready with my picks. You guys are never ready with yours, and you change them all the time. It's garbage. Have your picks ready. 
Oh, come on, I'm always ready with your picks, but you're not ready with my picks. What's going on here? as much as you wait, you think you'd be better than 55 games under 500. Maybe this is the week I catch you. You go in five. What are your picks again, Pete? Falcons, Redskins, Giants, Broncos, and Dolphins. God, what a pile of crap. Wow, he's grabbing both primetime home underdogs this week. I like it. Um, I will take – I've got the Redskins, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bills. The Bills plus three. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. I didn't even know we had that recorded. That's that's nice. I like that. Um, And I'm going to take the Chargers plus three and a half. And I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers minus nine. Screw it. They're going to beat. This is where I walk you down, Pete. That's where I walk you down. Walk you. Walk you down. You get more than five points for that one or something? Is that why? It's like lock in four. He makes one pick. He thinks it's worth 30. Um, I'm one back here. You're you're, you're sweating on that little ball. I kind of want to take the Panthers, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Redskins. And the Atlanta Falcons is my five best bets this week. So there you have it. Our picks so the for week fa- number so the 10. Redskins are the kiss of death this week. That's the main kiss Redskins, of death. uh, Minnesota and Cleveland would be the two game kiss of death parlay that you would play for free money. So those were our picks for week number 10 in the National Football League. And now an interview that Pete Prisco and I recorded with CBS NFL analyst Rich Gannon earlier in the week. Rich will be on the call this Sunday on CBS alongside Kevin Harlan and Evan Washburn of the Jets and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here is our conversation with the great Rich Gannon. Pick 6 podcast, Nick Costos and Pete Prisco now join by, in my opinion, my humble opinion, the best analyst on the NFL on CBS, our friend Rich Gannon. Rich and I used to work together in a past life. Richie G, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, brother. How you guys been? It's been too long. It has been yeah. too long. It absolutely has been, Mr. Gannon. Hey, hey Rich, I want to start off by asking you that everybody complains about the state of quarterback play in the NFL. How do you feel about the way the quarterbacks are playing right now? <laughs> it's kind of a loaded question. I, I, I know. I would, <laughs> you know I me, Rich. I think there's a real problem. There's a there's a problem. We're not doing a good enough job developing players at the college level. I think the game has changed with all the obviously the gun and the you know, quarterbacks not working from under center, not reading defenses, looking over the sidelines for plays and all the information and and so we get them and then you know we don't do a good job always training and developing them and so. Um, and then we play them before they're ready. Bad things happen, and then we run them out of the league. So it's a problem. And you look at the lack of depth and talent at that position. You know, it's it's um, it's a concern. And I I would tell you, and you guys know this. There's the haves and have-nots in this business. There's the teams that have one, and there's a lot of them that don't. And if you don't, I always tell the coaches and general managers, you're better off selling life insurance. This is a tough business when you don't have a Brady or a Breeze or you know, Rogers or, you know, Roethlisberger, you know, Peyton Manning in the day, or, you know, it's just tough. You know, if you've got to do it with these other guys, it's just really, really hard. Rich, three young quarterbacks that I've been pretty impressed with this season. would like to get your takes quickly on, on all three of them. Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff. We spend a lot of time on our podcast talking about these three. I think all three clearly on the ascent to be three of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League. Um, break down those three guys for us, if you could. Dak, Wentz, and Goff. Well, Dak, I think, is in a perfect system. I mean, they've got they've got a, they've got five, well, four former first round picks along the offensive line, and a guy that would have been a first-round pick had he not had some issues coming out of LSU. So that's a really good offensive line, that's, and that's how they've built the thing. And, of course, you've got maybe the most talented runner in the game right now. So he's got he's got a good supporting cast and, of course, a great receiver. So, But in fairness, I think he makes the game look very easy. He's a big, bigger guy that has kind of a running back's build. You look at his, his legs and his, his upper body. Uh, he just is very poised. He throws the ball well. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, he's a just a really a winner when you really study his background and stuff. So I really like him, I and mean, I think he's in a. You know, that's a, there's an example of a quarterback. If you want to put him in Cleveland, we may not be talking about him right now. But in fairness, he goes to a team that's ready for a young quarterback, and he has great success. You look at Carson Wentz. He should have gone to Cleveland. I mean, if you're the Browns, how do you look yourself in the mirror every morning when you see this guy play, when you see Deshaun Watson play, you see Derek Carr, they could have had him four years ago. I mean, what a disaster. So 
Um, but Carson Wentz, I love him. Big kid, 6'5", 237, throws the ball well. His arm talent is we don't talk enough about. He can change speeds. He can throw the fastball. He's, he, can, he can put touch on it. He's got good wrist talent. And he he's, he's makes plays. He's not afraid to pull it down and run. He sits in there very poised, um, smart guy that can handle a lot of volume. And so, I, really, I mean, look, they're – that's a good football team right now, and he's a big reason why. He And he's taken better care of the football, which, as we know, was a problem last year. In terms of Jared Goff, I think we still need to see more of his body of work. Uh, last year was a train wreck with the Rams, um, you know, in terms of the coach and the play caller. Um, the guy that was calling plays there is now a tight end coach somewhere. It just tells you a little bit about what was going on last year. But, um you know, they've got a good runner. I think they went out and got Andrew Whitworth. That helped the left tackle. You go out and get a couple of receivers and Watkins and Woods and things like that. Now all of a sudden it looks a little bit different for Jared Goff. But there's, I think a lot of credit has to go to Sean McVay. Smart guy, knows how to coach the position, knows how to call plays, knows how to bring a young quarterback along. And I think that they've, they've made a pretty good marriage so far. Rich, you won an MVP at the age of 37, and you look around the league here now. You got Brady playing at a high level still, Drew Brees playing at a high level still at the, you know, the age. Philip Rivers is up in the years, and Ben's getting up there. What's the biggest adjustment when you get to be an older quarterback that you're forced to make? Your legs. You know, I think most people don't take care of their legs, and then you know, it's a couple of positions. It's very noticeable. Like when you can't, like we always say, and when they go, they go quick. At receiver and a defensive back. Like when you can't run at those positions, you just simply can't play anymore. But the quarterbacks, like you look at Rivers, he doesn't have much left in his legs, and it affects you know a little bit the way he throws the ball. Um, but when the legs go, then you struggle a little bit. Um, I think when you look at the quarterbacks that you're talking about, they've all gone to great lengths to take incredibly good care of themselves. I mean, this is a different game, guys. These guys are into nutrition and soft tissue specialists and acupunctures and you know, different, uh, diets and, and, uh, you know, workout routines. And so you can play a long time. And if you're smart, like Brady and Breeze and Manning and, and those type of guys, they don't take any unnecessary hits. How often do you put the, the film on, on a Monday morning and see one of those guys get hit in the back of the head with a, you know, a corner blitz or a free safety they didn't see coming off the edge? It just doesn't happen. So, that's one of the reasons why there's some luck involved, but there's also a lot of skill and a lot of expertise involved. And that's why those guys are, are, are taking, going to great lengths to be able to make sure that they can still play the game at a high level. Rich, right now, on the eve of week number 10, who's the best team in the AFC? I still say until you, you know, until you can beat them, you know, I, I, I say the Patriots. I think they've got a lot of issues like most teams do. I don't think guys, I don't think there's a team out there right now that doesn't, isn't dealing with something. For the Patriots, the beginning of the season, the first six weeks of their defense, they were the worst defense in football. They still have a lot of issues with their defense, but they've got a quarterback like the Packers used to have that can make up for a lot of your deficiencies. And so, yeah, I look at the Patriots. I think the head coach is worth seven points every week. Agree? I mean, he's he's worth he's worth all that. You got a quarterback that's 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 a master, and I still think it, it goes through New England. I think the, the Steelers and and the Chiefs are are good teams, but they're they have to show me that they can they can do their they can do play their best football in December and January when it matters the most. Let's go to the other conference, Rich, and talk about a team that I thought would be just as good as they were a year ago, if not better, and they haven't been, which is the Atlanta Falcons. What have you noticed from that offense that has changed and you know and made it not as potent as it was a year ago? Well, you know, we always talk about these Super Bowl hangovers, but we don't talk enough about the, the hangovers for teams that have that have been on the losing end of it. And I think there's some truth to that. You know, you play a long time into you know into February. Uh, your off season is very different. Uh, you, you typically lose coaches, which the Falcons did. They lost a very good play caller in Kyle Shanahan. No one's talked enough about that. I think there's been some growing pains with Steve Sarkeesian, who's the offensive coordinator now with, with, with Matt Ryan. They haven't run the ball as well the last couple of weeks. I think that's very noticeable. Um, and they just haven't played. I mean, defensively, just, I, you know, just, they don't, um, they just don't dominate you defensively. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I think they're a well coached team. I think they'll finish strong. I believe that. I think this team will play hard for Dan Quinn. But, you know, look, Matt Ryan still, like Phil Sims and I had this conversation the other day. When you look at Matt Ryan physically, he's no different than he was last year. It's just that the numbers, he's just not having an MVP-type season that he had last year. He's already thrown 
as many interceptions as he did a year ago. We're only at the halfway point. So I think that tells you something as well. Rich, you've got the call with Kevin Harlan and Evan Washburn coming up. Jets and Bucks this weekend on CBS. We can't wait for it. going to be awesome. You and Kevin do an outstanding job. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, buddy, have uh, not done an outstanding job this year. Jameis oh, is shut geez. down. Yes, Mike Evans suspended here. This situation spiraling out of control right now in Tampa Bay. It is, Nick, and you're right. And, look, here's the thing that's so d- disappointing. When you look at the two guys that were involved in that incident, Jameis Winston – and Mike Evans, they're your two captains, two of your captains. So you, you say, where's the leadership? You know, where's the discipline from those guys? And so, look, it's not going to end well, I don't think, for Dirk Cutter. Uh, they've lost five in a row. This is not a good team. I, lo- I just got done watching their their, their defense. Their, their, uh, you know, there's a reason why they're ranked 28th overall, they're 30th against the pass. Um, you know, they, they, they have a difficult time rushing the passer. You say, who are the best pass rushers? And, and so – um, they've got problems. And but Jameis Winston, I think, you know, I just, um, to me, I, I just don't know if he's ever going to be that guy that's going to be a perennial Pro Bowl type player. He just, there's something there that just doesn't, doesn't add up to me right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown, I bet you're excited about seeing that quarterback play, huh? <laughs> you know what? I am. And only, only from, 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 from this perspective, um, I just think that these these are journeymen. There's no question about it. But the stories to me are interesting, and in, in that they, you know, you don't last that long if you don't have some talent and you're not a good teammate. And so, look, I think the Buccaneers, honestly, I think they'll play better with Brian Fitzpatrick the next couple of weeks. I really do. Now, Fitz can't help himself. Eventually, he he's got that gunslinger mentality, and eventually he'll start coughing the ball up. But I think they got a chance to play a little bit better with him. He'll he'll provide a spark. And the other guy. You know, Josh McCown, he's completing over 70% of his passes, and he's given the Jets at least a chance to be competitive each week. Rich, final question, buddy. When you and I used to work together, you had this disturbing habit that always it always struck me as odd, man, because you like plain food more than anyone else I've ever met. So, so Pete, this is what Rich would do. He would get the plain bagel, put the turkey on the plain bagel with no mayonnaise, no mustard, no nothing. It always struck me as so odd because Rich has got this great personality, but the very plain taste in food. Rich, have you expanded the old palate in the last couple of years it's been since you and I have worked together? Nick, you know I like my sandwiches dry, like my personality. Come on, let's just be honest. Here. <laughs> you know what, Rich? You know, I'm not, you know, I'm gonna... you know what? <laughs> Pete, you're right, Pete. Look, look, you you put me and Nick together. Look, you know what I mean? That's why I'm 51. I look like I'm 29. Come on, Nick. You know what I mean? I'm 205. I'm 205 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Come on, brother. As opposed to Prisco, hey, hey, who's you know what, Rich? And looks I eat my sandwiches yeah. the exact same way. Plop some turkey on it and just put the bread yeah. on top or the bagel and eat it. I don't put anything on so it. I, I, I can't I get away taste, from you. I want to taste it. I can't get away from these dry personalities. Rich, we appreciate it. Can't wait to watch you on CBS you this Sunday with Kevin Harlan thanks, and Evan Rich. Washburn. Rich, thanks, buddy. Don't, please don't wait. Please don't wait another year until, until you have me on. I don't know what I did to offend you guys, but I, I just I'm, I'm a, little, a little disappointed that it's taken this long. All right, Rich, we'll talk oh. to you next week, buddy. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great day. All right, buddy. See ya. See you guys.